This is KFM 94.5. My name is Tracy Lang. Now, a couple of weeks ago, I'm sure you remember me saying that I'd been battling with sleep. And I just returned from holiday and it was jet lag that was just causing me to just not sleep. I couldn't sleep at night. I tried everything. I'd gone walking for long stretches each and every day. And I just needed a way to figure out what to do. Well, many of you sent your remedies and then someone had reached out to me saying, Tracy, we can help you with this. Well, before we managed to chat, we I managed to get my sleep patterns back in order and everything is fine. But I still thought this would be a very interesting interview to do. So now this morning, I'm chatting to Aaron Correa, sleep consultant at Sleep Science at the University of Cape Town. Aaron Correa, welcome to KFM. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, sleep science. Now, I'm sure the moment we all think sleep, does this mean we come to you and you make sure we sleep for hours on end while you test us, while you probe us and stick needles and things inside us? (laughs) No, not quite. I was. Um, No, so we do a lot of at-home testing. Uh, We usually have people monitor their own sleep in their home environment because that's where you spend most of your life sleeping. Of course. And then how does this entire process work? Firstly, okay, let's start here. Why would someone come to see you? Well, people come to see us because their sleep has gone wrong and they can't quite put a finger on what's causing it or how to fix it. You know, they've just, they come to us and they go, I can't sleep. I don't know what to do. Please, can you help? And so we have a chat to them and then we monitor their sleep for a week usually. And then we come up with a whole bunch of solutions based on what we see and from what they've told us on what we think their problem is. And how do you monitor their sleep? So we have these little devices called um, accelerometers. And so basically what we do is they wear them on their wrist for a week and we um, track their movement essentially. And so obviously if they're moving around a lot, tossing and turning, then we can see that they're not asleep. And the watch has little algorithms built in to tell us, based on this 30 seconds of movement, we think this person is asleep or not asleep. Then what happens from there? After the week, they come back to you. And then you, what do you come up with? What kind of plan do you make to try and change the sleep cycle? Well, I mean, it really depends on the person. So maybe the person just has some bad habits that we can put right. Or maybe there's an underlying health issue, and then we would refer them on to whoever could help them with that. Maybe it's stress. I mean, stress is the biggest killer of sleep in most of the people that I've seen. Um, And then we'll chat about ways to manage that. Some people can't manage to switch their brains off and just relax at night to fall asleep. So again, we'll chat about things like breathing and all the different tricks and tips that they can implement to try and control their mind which is very important now i must tell you even though i had mentioned the fact that i battled with sleep a couple of weeks ago it's it's actually a normal thing for me i find that at a certain time at some point in the month there would be a few evenings that i just cannot sleep and sometimes this can go on for a much longer stretch of time sometimes it's only a couple of days but i am aware of the fact that it has to do with It's stress-related. It is my mind's not switching off and I can just not get myself to relax. Now, I know this is an issue for a lot of people. After me mentioning it, it turns out there are so many more people that battles with sleep at night. It's not uncommon. No, it's not. And you'd be surprised. um, Pretty much every person I speak to when I tell them what I do, they go, 
oh, do you need me as a guinea pig because I don't sleep? <laughs> it's just, it's such a common problem. I can completely understand that. Now you have touched on the fact that stress is possibly one of the greatest issues when it comes to sleep. What is it that we can look at to try and get ourselves into a much better sleep rhythm? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely it's always important to look at what you're also doing before you go to sleep. So during the day, are you putting tools in place to try and manage your stress? Um, Are you exercising? Because that can really help with sleep. Are you minimizing light exposure from your devices? Are you working too late? Because, you know, after COVID and working from home, a lot of our work-life boundaries got a little blurry there. And so now a lot of us will work right up until the evening and then close our laptop and try immediately go to sleep. And that is just not going to work. We need decompression time, time to put aside the day and properly wind down. So a really good evening routine would be giving yourself the opportunity to do, to do just that. Cell phones. How bad <laughs> are cell phones for our sleep? So they're not great. Um, we would recommend trying to be off your devices in the hour leading up to sleep. Um, obviously, that's not always possible. So then the blue light filters on your phone are really helpful because, I mean, there are two things about your cell phone that are disruptive. So the first thing is the blue light, right, which suppresses melatonin production. And melatonin is a hormone that helps tell our body that it's time to go to sleep. So switching that signal off is going to make it problematic. But then also the content on our phones. So obviously you're looking through social media or through messages or emails and you can see something that makes you stressed or makes you excited or makes you sad. And all of a sudden those emotions make it hard for you to sleep or you get stuck in the pattern of just scrolling and all of a sudden you look up and you go, what is the time? Where did it go? I'm never going to get enough sleep. Okay. So, yeah, basically just trying to avoid them where possible. And a good rule of thumb is also the closer the device is to your eyes, the biggest impact it's probably making on um, your melatonin production. So like TV would be actually better than your phone. Um, but yeah, just try to limit devices in the time leading up to bed. And, and we've all heard these things as well. Now, I know someone and a lot of people have mentioned this before and I heard it even more recently. Grounding. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about grounding. Does that also aid with sleep? So I don't know too much about grounding. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, I can imagine it would help just to get out in nature um, because our bodies are very obviously in tune to the environment and we need to set our natural body's rhythms to that of our surroundings. So getting outside in nature, seeing the sunlight, That is all really helpful for sleep. Vitamin D is incredibly important for sleep. Helps with sleep depth, helps us maintain sleep. So, yeah, and if it relaxes and calms you, then definitely going to help with sleep. Like that. Erin, if anyone wants more information or would like to have their sleep checked, where do they go? So we have a website, www.sleepscience.co.za. And you can go there and go to the what do we do or just reach out for some support and we will email you back. Fantastic. Erin Correa, Sleep Consultant at Sleep Science. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you so much for chatting with me.